Zachariah is my name. A priest. Wife's name's Elizabeth. Best thing to remember. <laughs> well, anyway, my ancestry were priests way back, years and years, generations and generations from Abijah. But not only that, my wife Elizabeth, her ancestor was Aaron, the very first priest of Israel. In fact, Aaron had a famous brother, a well-known brother, a younger brother, by the name of, uh, what was his name? Moses. And Moses was called by God to lead the people out of Israel, out of bondage. And Moses just didn't feel like he could speak well and couldn't talk to the people very well. And God convinced him that he could. And he said, here's what you do. You talk to Aaron, my wife's ancestor. You tell him what I say, and he'll tell the people what you say. And he'll be the first priest of Israel. And my wife, Elizabeth, descended from him. And so as we got together and, and uh, got married, uh, we lived a holy life. We lived a righteous life. We lived a life that uh, obey, obeying God's commands and God's regulations. And I became a priest, and life has been good. And we've gotten on up in age and way on up in age. And the only problem with us, we didn't have any children. And as well as God blessed us through the years and survived us through all the hard times and we aged together and lived together for many, many years. We just never had any children. But you didn't come here to hear about that. Let me tell you my story. One day I was the one to begin to light the incense in the temple. And I would go into the holy place and have the fire and have the incense. And I would light the incense in the temple. And outside were the people praying. And as the people were praying, I was lighting the incense there in the holy part. And uh, it was like a, a sweet fragrance of God going to, to him uh, with the incense and the prayers of the people going to God. And just a sweet fragrance to God's holiness that he smell the incense and hear the prayers of people. And it's a great and wonderful thing that will happen every day. And so it's my turn to be in the temple to, to light the incense. And it's fairly dark in there. It's, you know, the candlelight is have some light on it, but basically it's kind of dark in that area. When all of a sudden, <laughs> I look to the right side of the altar, and there stood an angel of the Lord. I mean, I never had seen the angel of the Lord, but I understood and very clearly in my mind, that was the angel of the Lord standing there. And he began to talk to me. And as he began to talk to me, he said, I've got something I want to tell you, Zechariah. And so Luke wrote it all down. I just want to share with you this morning a little bit about what Luke wrote down that day that the angel that I met in that holy place told me. And so the angel said to me, do not be afraid, Zechariah. I mean, you talk about being in a dark place, small place, and an angel of the Lord appears, you can be a little bit scared. I was. And he called me by my name. He said, don't be afraid. Your prayer's been heard. Now, every single day I'm going in there to pray for all the people, the sins of the people, pray for a lot of things around the country. But I knew what prayer he was talking about. He was talking about the prayer that my wife had been praying for years about a child. And he went on to say, your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, 
and you're to give him the name John. What an amazing story he told me. What an amazing thing he said to me that we're finally going to have a child. Well, he said not only that, but he'll be he'll be joy to you, and certainly he would be at our age. We've been waiting for a child for a long time, and it would be a joy to have a son, and it would be a delight to you, he said. And many are going to rejoice because of his birth, not just us, but many people around us, and many people throughout Israel are going to rejoice because of the birth of our son. Why? Because he said he's going to be great in the sight of the Lord. Well, I didn't know what that meant at the time, but I knew it would be something wonderful and great that our son would be. And so he said he's got to have the Nazarite vow. He said he's never to take wine or other fermented drink. Nazarite vow simply said that you set aside this person for a period of time for us. It's going to be his lifetime. He's never to drink wine or any other fermented drink, and he'd be filled with the Holy Spirit even from his birth. So even from the time he was born, he's filled with the Holy Spirit. Well, he went on to tell me, he said, many people of Israel, will he bring back to the Lord your God? So he's going to be a prophet. He's going to be speaking to the people all over Israel. He's going to bring many of them back to the Lord. And he'll go before the Lord, ahead of the Lord. Now, I knew enough about what that meant. I've read the uh, prophets, Isaiah, Ezekiel, uh, Zechariah, and all the others. I, I read all those prophets, and so I understood what he meant by that. He meant the Messiah was coming. The Christ was coming, the anointed one of the Lord, the Son of God. And my son would go ahead of him. My son would lead the time for him to come. And then it kind of hit me. I knew enough about the prophecies to know about the Messiah coming. And I knew enough about the Word of God that he had written so many times in so many places about God's working for such a time as this. And I knew it was my time and Elizabeth's time. And I remembered from Esther in the book of Esther, as was written many, many years ago. Esther was asked by her uncle to be prepared to do something to save all our people. See, all of our people have been captured and taken away to Persia. And they were made slaves there. And yet this one named Esther a Jewish girl married the king in Persia. And then a governor of the land of Persia sent out a declaration that he wanted to kill all the Jews there in Persia. And the king went along with it. And so Esther's uncle said, you got to do something about it. She said, I don't know what to do. And he said, Esther, you're in the right place at the right time to do God's will. And so it's for such a time as this that you're in that place to do something. And sure enough, she did, and the Jewish people were saved because she was in the right place at the right time as the right person to do God's will. And understand what he meant here to me and Elizabeth. He said, our son John is going to go on before the Lord because the Lord's coming, and we need John to go ahead of him to prepare the people. And this is why it waited so long for us to have a son, as now was the time because the Lord was coming. And so he'll go before the Lord in the spirit and the power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers to their children and the disobedience to the wisdom of the righteous. He'd be like Elijah the prophet. And so he would go ahead of the Lord, the anointed one, the Messiah, the Christ, and prepare the people to get ready for the Lord to come. And he'd turn the hearts of the fathers to their children. Disobedient would be made righteous again. And he'd get the people ready for the Lord to come. Well, 
that was all good and well, <laughs> what he was saying. But I had to ask him, Angel, how can I be sure of this? You know, you're talking about me having a son. I'm an old man, <laughs> real old. And my wife, well, she's on up in age too. I won't say she's old, but I'll just say she's well along in years. Well, the angel answered. He said, you know what, Zachariah? I'm Gabriel. Now, I've read all the Old Testament prophecies. I've read people like Isaiah, Ezekiel, but I've also read Daniel. And Daniel had an encounter with the same angel. Gabriel came to angel, uh, uh, came to Daniel and told him about the Messiah coming. And I knew enough of that to remember when he said, Gabriel, I'm thinking I'm standing in the presence of the Lord that spoke to Daniel many, many years ago. And here I am with him. I stand in the presence of God, the angel said, Gabriel said. And I've been, to sent, I've been sent to speak to you and tell you this good news. Come on, stay with me, he said. I'm telling you something good, and I'm Gabriel. And so now, here's what's going to happen to you. You're going to be silent and unable to speak until the day this happens. You're fixing to lose your voice, and you can't speak for the next nine months because you did not believe my words. I was telling you I'm coming from God. I was telling you I was listening to God, and I was telling you what God wanted me to tell you about this Son, John being born to you, I know you're up in age. I know your wife's up in age. But God can make it happen. And since you didn't believe me, you know what? You're not going to be able to tell anybody about it. You're going to be silent until this happens, till your son is born, because you didn't believe my words. It's going to come true at the proper time. It's going to happen, Zechariah. You just got to wait. Well, so we're having this conversation there in the holy place, and uh, new people are outside waiting because they're out there praying, waiting for me to come out. And uh, wondering why I'm staying so long. I should have just gone in there and lit the incense and come right out. But I wasn't coming out. So they're probably wondering what's going on with him. And so I finally came on out. I couldn't speak. I was trying to tell them, you know, here's what I saw. And I saw the angel of the Lord and all this. But, but I couldn't tell them because I couldn't speak. I was trying to move my hands and, and just describe it. And wasn't any way to do it. And so all I could do is make motions. They, people knew that I was either going mad, going crazy. You know, something's wrong with me. You know, they just couldn't understand. I got home, tried to tell Elizabeth. So I finally just said, start writing it out, trying to tell her what happened, trying to explain to her that we're going to have a son, naming John. Well, sure enough, time goes by, nine months, and the baby's born. And uh, it's just like the angel has said, it was a joy. Our baby's here. John is here. And so everybody gathers around, everybody's coming around, and everybody's wanting to know what's going to happen next, what are we going to name him, and all this sort of thing. And Elizabeth stopped short and said, hold on. We're going to name him John. And the people said, John, <laughs> there's nobody in your family named John, and your daddy's, the daddy's named Zachariah. Why are you going to name him John? And so they came to me and said, you're really going to name your son John? <laughs> that doesn't make a lot of sense. And I said, uh, motion for my tablet. I kept a tablet with me all the time so I could write things out and tell people what I'm trying to say because I couldn't talk. And I wrote on my tablet, his name is John. And as soon as I wrote that out, God just kind of loosened up my tongue and all of a sudden I could speak. 
And I began to just praise the Lord and thank the Lord and just give him honor and glory. And, and it's just a wonderful day because I was able to speak again. And so then the people began to leave and tell everybody, you know, around the countryside what had happened and how I began to speak again and about this young man and what's going to happen to this baby. And they're all wondering, what could this child be? And everybody knew he was in the Lord's hands, but they didn't know what was going to happen. They didn't know what was going to be next. Well, God gave me wisdom. God filled me with the Holy Spirit. And I simply began to prophesy. And I wrote a song. I wrote through prophecy. And it, it, it was a song, a prophecy. And uh, my wife said, well, don't be singing that song. You know, you don't need to be singing it. You let somebody else sing it. You know, let's, let your wife sing it. But you don't sing. I said, I know I don't sing, but. You know, I can if I want to because I'm the one writing it. But she said, just make it a prophecy. And so it would be a song. But let me just tell you what I wrote. Luke wrote this down. In my prophecy that the Lord gave me, he said, praise the Lord. Praise be the Lord, the God of Israel. Because he has come and redeemed his people. Redeem means to buy back. See, when we're sinners, we go out into the world and sin gets hold of us. And sin begins to control us rather than us controlling it. And so we get captured by our sins, and Satan takes us captive, and so somebody's got to set us free. And so redeem means a, a ransom. There's a ransom on our heads, and sin's, sin's holding it, Satan's holding it. And the only way ransom can be paid off is through the blood of Jesus, through his death. Jesus said, I'll pay the ransom for you. I'll set you free. I'll be the one to pay Satan off. I'll do it with my own life. And sure enough, that's what Jesus did for us. And so here God was telling me he's come to redeem his people. He's raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant David. Horn means strength. And so David, the Old Testament, old king from years ago, would be thought of in the new king that was coming the Messiah. And he had said this many times through the prophets. And so salvation from our enemies. So salvation being rescued. Salvation means rescued, rescued from our enemies. We're redeemed. We're bought back. We're rescued from our enemies, from the hand of all who hate us. And there were many people around us in Israel that hate us and we're being saved from them and being rescued from them through the Messiah, the Christ that's coming and to show mercy to our fathers and remember his holy covenant that God set with Abraham many, many years ago. He swore it to Abraham and to rescue us from the hand of our enemies and enable us to serve him without fear. And God wants to be able to serve him, not because we have to, not because we're supposed to, but because we want to. We've been set free from sin and free to serve, and he set us free from our enemies and do it in holiness and righteousness before him all of our days. And to God said his holiness, his righteousness was coming, and it was coming through the Messiah and Jesus. And you, my child, John, would be called a prophet of the Most High. That's what our son would be. Our son would become a prophet of the Most High of God himself, and he would tell people to repent and turn from sin and turn to the Lord and be rescued from their sins. And the Messiah would come and enter into their hearts after his crucifixion and his resurrection 
and the Holy Spirit will come upon us. He said, for you will go on before the Lord to prepare the way for him. This child of mine, John, would be the one, that forerunner, go ahead of God and just go ahead of the Messiah and just tell the people, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is near. Get ready for the Lord to come. Be prepared for him to meet you and to save you and rescue you. And that's what my son John would do is prepare people to hear from him and give his people the knowledge of salvation through the forgiveness of their sins. And we get forgiveness of our sins only through repentance, only through turning from sin and turning to God. And that's what my son John would do is prepare people for the Messiah to come. And because of his tender mercy of our God, of which the rising sun will come to us from heaven to shine on those living in darkness and the shadow of death to guide our feet into the path of peace. And so he's describing the lostness. He's describing lost people as living in darkness. He's describing to us the world in which we live in, then and now, that there's darkness and sin. And we're in the shadow of death, he said, and the Messiah would come and bring light into the world. He would be the light for the darkness in which we walk. And so that was then, but this is now. And so just as John would go ahead of the Lord and prepare the people to receive the Messiah and get ready for the Messiah, it's the same today. We still still live in a dark and dreary land. We still live in the shadow of death. We still live in a place where Evil is done and sin is done and we're all called to do the same thing that John was calling the people then to do. And that's to repent of our sins, to turn from sin and turn to Jesus and begin to follow him and begin to repent and begin to live life his way instead of our way. And that's what was happening in Israel then. And so John, John as well as his mom and daddy, Zachariah and Elizabeth, were the right people in the right place at the right time to do God's will. And it all came together at that moment. And so it is for you and I today. We too are to be that right person in the right place at the right time to do God's will. And so the question to us today, are we? Are we that person? Are we looking to see God? I know he can use me any day, anytime, wherever I am, work, school, home, some place in town, you can use me anywhere. And I want to be that person. But before we can be that person that God can use, we have to be born again, we have to be saved. And that's what John would do. He would lead the people to repentance. He would tell them to be baptized and turn their hearts from uh, sin and Satan and the world and turn their hearts toward God and, and then receive the Lord when he came and be prepared to be rescued and saved and follow Jesus wherever he leads. And as it was then, it's still the same today. And so it starts with that salvation. And so our question to us today is, first of all, are we saved? And you say, well, yes, I am saved. I've been born again for a long time or short time or whatever it may be, but I'm saved. And so then the question becomes, are we willing to be that person? that says, God, I just want to be used by you every day. I want to be the right person in the right place at the right time to do your will, whatever that is and whenever that is. I want to be that person. So we just ask him to use us and to show us what he wants to do, and we become obedient to him in, in all things. Not live life our way, but live life his way. And so are we doing that today? And so maybe we're saved and we're asking him to do that, but maybe we're not saved. Maybe, maybe we've never been born again. And so today's the day. 
And we say, Lord, yes, today. I want to be saved today because I want to be that person that turns from sin and turns to you and be rescued from sin and set free from it and follow you the rest of my life and go wherever you lead me.